everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond a Thought Podcast. My name is Lynette. And my name is Z. Um, today, oh my goodness, we are, <laughs> <laughs> we last week had a pretty interesting, very intense conversation uh, with Andrea, um, uh, looking at a little bit about, um, well, just kind of scratching the surface because I mean, there's so many details when it comes to indigenous affairs. Um, indigenous issues, indigenous peoples. There's so much to talk about there. Um, in Canada. And in, in Canada, yeah. Indigenous mm-hmm. indigenous peoples in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. There's always so much to talk about. There's always so much. Um, it's just jam-packed. Um, so we literally, did, we barely scratched, scratched the surface, but I think it was an important conversation um, mm-hmm. to have um, <clears throat> um, from the context of people within the community i mean we also learned from andrea that she she's also learning um and she doesn't have all the knowledge she doesn't have all the 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 knowledge that she doesn't represent the whole indigenous um, peoples here in canada so i Mm -hmm. think um it was a very interesting conversation to have conversation to have and we were really appreciative of her coming on and and sharing her story and sharing her thoughts with us. Um, but for this episode, we wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit because we understand that not everybody kind of under, understands or knows what Indigenous, or knows anything about Indigenous peoples. So like there might be somebody out there listening that doesn't know anything about Indigenous peoples. Like, I mean, I can say for myself, I didn't know, um, I didn't know a lot anything about indigenous peoples until i got into university and i had lived here in canada um for a while so it was up until i was probably like 2021 that i heard i first heard of indigenous peoples in in any kind of context so i we can't assume that our listeners know what who indigenous peoples are um what about them what are indigenous residential schools all of that uh, we can't assume that so we kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit and and have a conversation um about about the conversation maybe even about the conversation that we had with andrea and kind of put it in context for people um yeah so that's the framework of this for this um this this episode z you want to add anything else no we can just get into it um so when we talk about indigenous peoples in canada indigenous people and the reason why we specific we specify indigenous people in canada is because throughout the world there are indigenous people everywhere like every mm-hmm. land has indigenous people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but because lynette and i are based in canada we're talking specifically about indigenous people in canada mm-hmm. and um the last episode we talked about it's like when she started talking about the history of canada it was interesting and one of our listeners actually brought this to my attention was that she started talking about the history of canada as though the history of canada started when the settlers landed on this land Mm -hmm. and that's not the history of canada like indigenous people have been on this land for thousands of years before the land was discovered by european settlers right so i think it's important important to note that because even us as immigrants or Africans, it's almost like, and and in the African-American context or the American context, it's 
it's almost as if they always we always talk about African history as though it started from slavery. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and no, that's not the, our history. Our history dates way before that happened. So it's important mm-hmm. to always acknowledge that, so that it, it's it's made aware that these people existed way before mm-hmm. um, settlers came in, and they had a whole history, a whole uh, they governed themselves according to how they saw fit, according to the land, et cetera, et cetera. And then settlers from Europe, specifically from England. Um, well, I guess the first people that came here, I think they were Portuguese. I think I can't remember his name was. No, I'm not going to quote that. There was the first settler came in like in the 1500s. And then the main two countries that came here with treaties and were settling were the British and the French. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and so from there, and when we talk about indigenous people, they're grouped to three main groups. So there's the First Nations, mm-hmm. uh, Inuit, and Metis people. And then amongst those, those groups, they then have their own various tribes mm-hmm. under them. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the history of Canada, or we look at where Canada, we look at the map of Canada. Uh, First Nations, Inuits, and Métis are spread out across Canada, all inhabiting different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Inuits mainly being in the north, First Nations, Métis being mainly central, western, and eastern Canada. Um, so when when we were talking about the reason why residential schools have been in the news a lot is because what residential schools were essentially was the Catholic Church and the government of Canada felt like and Lynette kind of like jump in you know if, (laughs) if I'm missing something they felt like a good way to sort of indoctrinate the indigenous people in Canada was to take their children and put them in these boarding schools quote unquote mm-hmm. and sort of, of I'm going to say whitewash them because <laughs> that's the only way that I can think about it because they stripped away their culture they forbade them from speaking their languages in schools mm-hmm. and they taught them and, and they kind of like you know forced Christianity upon them and they, they weren't originally Christian or Catholic rather mm-hmm. and um, and said that they're they're where they're coming from is evil mm-hmm. um, and that there are evil people on their reserves. Um, their parents, the spirituality side of it is really what they focused on that the, the that's evil, is demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and immediately they wanted to, it's a, a lot of the, the rhetoric is they wanted to take the Indian out of mm-hmm. them. Right, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that is why. So, so they they would do that to kind of reverse reverse their culture and all of that, so that the next generation after their parents, mm-hmm. the Indian was taken out of them. So from their children down, um, there wouldn't be any more Indian in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's so they focus a lot on the, on the spirituality, taking them to these Catholic schools, teaching them to pray. Um, cutting their hair, um, mm. putting their, them in different clothing that were that was completely opposite to what they know. Taking them out, you know, forcing them to speak um, the British language, 
um something that stripping them of all their identity their culture yeah culture uh-huh. and identity um uh-huh. i was just watching this this documentary of this uh woman um who anishinaabe woman who was who was uh who was who was a survivor of indigenous and indigenous residential schools um and she was saying you know she her mom put her on a train to go to a residential school uh, she didn't know at the time that it was a residential school but her and her little brother probably like five mm-hmm. and she was probably seven and she got on the train thinking they're going for a ride the train's going to turn back to go back to her parents um and never did so she got mm. as soon as she got to the, the school and this is how this kind of gives you a vivid picture of how quickly their culture is 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 it, the 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 attempt to, to strip away their culture is it's like right away they took off the clothes that she took she she took there and gave her new set of clothes and it was directly to bed as soon as mm-hmm. she got out of bed it was get on your knees and pray and for a 7-year-old who is traumatized by all of the things that are going on like within the mm-hmm. 24 hours what does she know about about prayer and what is she doing right so she had mm-hmm. to kind of see what the other kids were doing to kind of pick up because the other kids were kind of giving her signs like you you got to do this otherwise you're going to get smacked or you're going to get abused mm-hmm. or whatever so mm-hmm. it kind of puts into perspective how quickly and how uh, how intense it was um you know and how mm-hmm. almost imminent for them to take that culture away and to strip them of any kind of thing that kind of connected them to to their family to the culture yeah. um and they even put instilled fear in them to not mm-hmm. go back to their reserve um because it was evil um mm-hmm. there was a, a a man who said his dad hit his dad eventually got out of out of um residential schools he went back home but he couldn't connect mm-hmm. he couldn't connect with his people he couldn't connect with his family he couldn't con- so he even ended up going back to residential school for another year because he felt like oh, wow. that was home for him because yeah. that's where people spoke his language people you know kind of understood him there mm-hmm. um, so that it just kind of put things into perspective for me Um, yeah 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 and so one of the things that is i guess um these to be noted is that like in the last episode andrea referred to uh people that made it out of residential less survivors is because the catholic mm-hmm. churches that ran these residential schools used a lot of physical and mental emotional and psychological abuse Mm-hmm. on these children and so a lot of them died of malnutrition um there's a lot of sexual abuse as well so suicide a lot of suicide as well so what's happening in the news now some i don't know the first i guess the first sighting was in Kamloops right how yeah. did, do you do you remember how it happened like how did they find the grave no, so i think they and this I could, I, i could be wrong with this one but i think they 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 have started an investigation from a very long time ago um mm-hmm. so it's more it's a oh, they have a name for it i can't i can't i don't don't quote me but mm-hmm. i can't remember exactly how they they found it but because i wasn't following it till then 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they found the grave, and the grave had 215. Um, it was 215 graves, mm-hmm. or was it 215 graves of children in there? And since then, they have been discovering other graves in other residential schools across Canada mm-hmm. um, with children that were buried, essentially children that never made it back home. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is heartbreaking and heart-wrenching is that the Indigenous community had been talking about this for a long time, mm-hmm. but nobody really paid attention until yeah. this came about. And so that's why, you know, it's been on the news and now everybody is up in arms because it's like, how could this possibly happen in our great country of Canada, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the the sad, the sad and rude awakening is the fact that Canada is unceded territory, which means yeah. that there was no, yeah, it, it had, it wasn't surrendered. It mm-hmm. wasn't sold. It wasn't. They're essentially the British are living on this land that was never given to, not the British, but this land was never given to Britain to begin with. Mm-hmm. And they have set up camp. Yeah, <laughs> That's the best thing that I can say. They set up camp in land that was never given to them, created a nation that was never meant to be theirs. And now we're seeing sort of the 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 messiness and the horrific things that were done yeah in order for all of this to happen yeah and so going but going back to i think mm-hmm. how they found it is uh, is mm-hmm. uh, this ground penetrating radar mm, okay yeah so it wasn't ground actually dug up it yeah was, no 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah that makes sense. Oh my gosh! So essentially, they it, so they could just use this technology across the whole country and yeah. find a whole and bunch find of a whole bunch of, yeah. Like the last yeah. I heard, it was over fifteen hundred. Wow! Sightings. Yeah, so, yeah. And the thing is, what what like to re- re- reiterate is that these residential schools are from the eighteen hundreds mm-hmm. up until nineteen ninety six. Yeah, you yes. know the last one was closed. So. Yeah, that's when the last residential school was closed, 1996. So this has been happening for years upon years upon years. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about, you know, the indigenous community specifically, but there've been other atrocious things that happened. We're focusing on residential schools because this was in the news. Yeah. Other things that went on, like the 60s scoop, which was pretty much taking kids from their homes and putting them in adoption services. And then now it's children aid society. Like, then there are more indigenous children in foster care mm-hmm. than there are any other group of kids. Yeah. Because they're just being taken, taken from their home. Taken away from their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Taken so away from their parents. Taken the foster system. Yeah. You're an indigenous mm-hmm. child. You must be suffering. Like. Yeah. For, with your parents, let's take you away and put you in an in a white home or whatever home so that you can be. Um, you can, I don't know, you can do better. You could, yeah. Um, but you see, the thing is, the thing about that, right, I was thinking about it today, is that 
So Children Aid Society ha- it exists because there is children child abuse happening in, in different homes. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different homes that people are living, children are living in unsafe homes. And so it exists in order to protect the child. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was like, this, the indigenous children probably represent majority of the children in, in foster care because the indigenous community also struggles with mental health, addiction, abuse. Oh, yeah. And that's a whole kind of worms. It's a whole kind of worms, but you can kind of see how it's like, it's almost like a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. Because they're struggling with substance abuse uh, within their communities because of, and and suicide rates are highest in their communities because of the atrocious things that happen to them from generation to generation. That's it. It's like generational trauma is just passed Absolutely. down from one to another. Like if you're thinking about it, like from the 1800s to 1996, those children have been taken away from them yeah. without permission. Mm-hmm. Some of them not returning back. Like, and then the other atrocious thing that's happening is that the, like murdered women in Canada, like oh. the majority yeah. of them are, in, are indigenous women that are murdered. Yeah. Not return back to their community, yeah. so you got all that trauma and all that pain. Mm-hmm. And like I, I remember saying in the last episode, I'm like, if my children were to be taken away from me, and I, I have no way of knowing when they're coming back or if they're coming back, they're still alive. Yeah, it's not for God. Me- like, how will coping, I coping mechanism? Coping mechanism. Yeah. Like, how else do you cope? You know, and then um, so you have this vicious cycle where that because of trauma. There's, you know, addictions issues, you know, substance abuse issues in families. And then you have kids that are growing up in situations like that. Then, of course, children's aid is like, oh, we don't want children to grow up in this situation. We're going to take them away from their families. So they take these kids. It's a vicious cycle. It's like, where does it end? Yeah. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. very true. Like the the art, the the CBC documentary that I was just watching was that was talking about um, there was this lady who whose parent was a survivor of of, of of residential schools and she was saying the abuse from mm-hmm. her parents were so much mm-hmm. and she didn't understand it until she heard her mom talk about in, in, uh, her her um, her her experience in, in residential schools and that's one thing they don't mm-hmm. talk they don't feel comfortable talking about it so the mm-hmm. first time that she heard about residential schools and that her parents were in residential schools was that was her mom was a keynote speaker at one of one of a of, of a program and she's sitting there mm-hmm. as a teenager like what the heck this is the first time I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hearing of this and she's then now putting things in perspective okay this is why the abuse that's happening in my home is happening these are the repercussions that are coming mm-hmm. down from from the trauma all the things that they can they bottle up they can't really talk about and all of that she's mm-hmm. been she she said she had been sexually abused um by a, a family mm-hmm. member and mm-hmm. that was a result of him being sexually abused there right so the the, yeah mm-hmm. so this 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 woman uh, was matriarch in, in one of the um, the communities was saying he her brother had gone to residential schools before her um, mm-hmm. she, he was an altar boy but what had, had mm-hmm. been happening was the priests were getting was getting them drunk 
to sexually abuse oh. them. Oh my god! Right, and then sexually abusing the woman, the the girls who were there to like clean or whatever, and then they some would get pregnant, and when they do get pregnant, you get kicked out of the school. Mm. Right. So this this accumulated troubles, they bring this home, mm-hmm. and then that anger and that bottled up, the, the displaced anger, the displaced um, things that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It, it now it just it just translates into so many other things. So like alcoholism and mm-hmm. and and, and um, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, one of the sons of the of a survivor was saying he had fear instilled in him constantly, and mm-hmm. the fear the fear that was instilled in him he transferred onto his kids because that's mm-hmm. all he knew, right? Like my dad screamed down my neck all the time, but so that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so this generational cycle, um, you almost don't see where the end is because. And one of the guys were saying that um, it's not the residential school survivors themselves that commit suicide. It's the children of the residential school mm-hmm. survivors because they don't mm-hmm. know what to do with with all of that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a vicious cycle, like you said. Like it's this, this really this really toxic cycle. And obviously, yeah, social services is going to be like, oh, you're in a bad. But it's been created by mm-hmm. the system itself, right? Mm-hmm. The system mm-hmm. itself has been created, and you know, people—if people, people that don't know the history or don't—and like last week, last week you said um, you just have to extend compassion because mm-hmm. it's almost because you don't know the kind of trauma, or you you ha- may have an idea of the kind of trauma, but you don't know the extent of that trauma. Right, mm-hmm. and that is manifesting in so many in so many ways. So if you're not really, you you might there's a lot of rhetoric out there that oh indigenous people they do it to themselves or they're drinking all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. or, or you know they're prostituting all the time or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. this vicious cycle that has created what we see the manifestations. Right we don't now. see we don't see that all the other things behind that. It's just the manifestations yeah. that we see and then it becomes oh like oh let them be. Oh they're just drunks. Oh they're this. Mm-hmm. Oh they're that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have to really take into context the full picture of what has been happening in their communities. The suicide level yeah. in their communities up north is crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. the alcoholism level is is insane. So you kind of have to put the whole picture into into full context um, to kind of get it. But I think I want to talk a little bit about um, this Canada Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned a little bit about like you know Canada's kind of faced with with this this yucky side of the, the you know mm-hmm. the history. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe. Um, I don't know about you how how your Canada Day went because there was a lot of rhetoric in the news mm-hmm. about no oh, cancel Canada Day or you know let's not celebrate Canada Day and Andrea kind of touched upon it a little bit and and she was and, and she was realistic about it like she says not really it was not realistic to say let's cancel the whole day because it's you know it's, it's it's a day that brings joy to a lot of people but mm-hmm. I think this Canada Day was just 
different in the sense that mm-hmm. it's just happening in in this in this climate of things that are happening within um, indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. And it almost kind of left for me at least, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because it was just like I don't know if this is the time to be, you know, doing fireworks, <laughs> for example. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. down the fireworks a little bit and kind of just sit and reflect uh-huh. about what's going on. And I think, you know, Canadians in general, and I know there's a lot of the leaders, um, you know, politicians, were grappling with that. They didn't uh-huh. really know how to to grapple with it. And, uh, you know, there were some on the extreme side and some on the other, on the, on the other side. But... I don't know how it was for you, but I think for the first first time, I've kind of seen Canada Day in a different light. Uh-huh. In the sense uh-huh. that I was just like, wow, like Canada is really faced with 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 like it's looking itself in the mirror and it's just like I don't like what I see, and we don't know uh-huh. how to deal with it. Um, so I don't know like, if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, like I mean, I think it was it was it was conflicting for a lot of people. Like for me, um, I felt conflicted about celebrating, and I had the same conversation with my my neighbor because she was saying the same thing. She was like, she doesn't want to celebrate this year because everything that's going in the news is like, how can you celebrate? Yeah, you know. And it's interesting because I was thinking about it like a family, like you know when. So for example. Mm. Here's just about how like somebody gives birth, but at the same time they just their parent just passed away. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it's conflicting in the sense that you want to celebrate the life that has just come, but you're mourning the life that is gone. Yes. That's kind of how I felt for me because like there are a lot of comments where it was like people are, like so especially for for immigrants like Canada represents um, safety security their country rejected them but canada accepted them you know um and they're they're able to have agency over their lives they're finally able to provide for their family this country has provided that opportunity for them and so they want to celebrate what this country has done for them right Mm -hmm. but then on the flip side you then have the same group like canadians the original ones that Mm -hmm. are saying no because i want to mourn the loss of my 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 culture the loss of my loved ones mm-hmm. the history what canada represents for me is painful mm-hmm. so having any because i'm an immigrant recently canadian like i wanted to celebrate the fact that oh i'm finally canadian after almost 20 years of living in this country mm-hmm. but at the same time i was like well, i'll celebrate something at least this year mm-hmm. be like i'm gonna celebrate regardless of the pain that that is being uncovered you know mm-hmm. so so we ended up not we, we didn't really we didn't celebrate anything we just our neighbors um or our neighborhood had fireworks so we washed them out of the window but mm-hmm. we didn't up in any red and white we actually never do dress up in red and white <laughs> i think it's so corny but that's, that's just me <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like okay um we didn't do any of that yeah. but it was definitely like a, a more quiet day because it's like you can't especially when you feel that people are mourning like sometimes like you know the bible says celebrate with those who celebrate and mm-hmm. mourn with those who mourn mm-hmm. like I, I i felt like you know what 
it's not going to kill anybody for one year to just put a pause on all these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it will be as candidate next year and for the next 500 years, most likely. But, you know, because all of this is going on right now, it's okay to take that pause and just, just, you know, be cognizant that, like, there are a group of people in this country that are not particularly happy-go-lucky right now, yeah. you know. But it's interesting because a lot of the comments of people, like, so there's the immigrant side of it, but then a lot of comments that I read on, from different articles were a lot of Caucasians that were very upset that people wanted to cancel Canada Day, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And some of the reasons were like, this is one of the best countries in the world, like pure patriotism, Canada. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, that guilt, you know, that guilt of like, there are other racist countries other countries have committed worse crimes you know <laughs> and it's like why, why do they do this and I say they because there is always a specific group of of white people you know I'll be very specific like white people that just can't seem to humble themselves and recognize that their group of people have done a lot of harm to a lot of people across this world <laughs> you know what I mean like like I, 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 I'm not gonna tiptoe around it anymore because it's like this is ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. even in the U.S., when like last year when all this racial tension was going on, there were so many white people that were just said that oh why are they rioting? Uh, can't they see that oh affirmative action like this 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 and that? It's like get get out get out of your asses. Like excuse my language, but seriously, mm-hmm. like for one second put your comfort aside and see what's happening to the fellow people next to you yeah it's the discomfort it's really the discomfort the discomfort of oh Mm -hmm. ooh, that the other yeah are doing that you know the other we wouldn't have then you know and and, and it almost goes to the core of white supremacy because it's like Mm -hmm. it's almost it does it It does does. it's like oh just because the other are in our society they are they are ruining things for us they're making it uncomfortable mm-hmm. for they're us. making it uncomfortable oh, yeah this, this like, is not the regular this is not the norm this is not something that we it's out of place come on okay okay, okay. and then they enough. try to you're tell you enough. how you should be yeah behaving yeah yeah okay that's it's enough that you've done me, it we heard you okay let's move on kind of thing you know yeah it's that's the thing that bothers me the most is like oh this is not the way to go about protesting Canada's history. Who are you to tell me how I should be protesting my anger? You On my I mean? land. It doesn't exactly, even with your audacity, you're yes, fine. Eight, nine generations of you have been here, fine. But let's say an indigenous person would be like, but two hundred generations of mine have been here. Yeah. So who are you to come and tell yeah. me you're the eighth how generation. I should be angry? <laughs> you're eight versus a hundred <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like but the audacity to be like this is not should do it they should do it this way or this is not the time you shouldn't cancel it's as if it's like it has to be they have to give yeah. permission yeah for for people to, to it oh god it boggles my mind it boggles I just my mind can't. like i'm like i i can't it so when I read these comments, I just get upset because I'm like, what is it going to take yeah. for people? And I can always say humble themselves because it's like, it really humble yourself. Like, this is not about you. 
you know what I mean it's not about your comfort it's not about yourself it's about a group of people who are hurting mm-hmm. and if you can't see that as a human as a, as human, a human that people are hurting then 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 I don't know what that says about you you know what I mean like, you you can't sacrifice one Canada day of you wearing red and white and going around to wave your flag mm-hmm. and watch fireworks because for for or to to bring awareness to another group of people's pain mm-hmm. like uh anyway i'm i'm done like this is just like fab this <laughs> <laughs> no i hear you i hear you it's there's a lot of i mean again um we're not saying we don't know we don't know anything like again we we're just saying that we haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to to indigenous matters and you know the the communities matters like it's honestly it, it, it's their story to share but i think we mm-hmm. really just wanted to kind of you know position it a little bit in 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 context for for listeners just to kind of have our thoughts on on the conversation we had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but I think I think it's really important for the thing. I I, I appreciate the fact that there's more awareness um, mm-hmm. or the, the seemingly more awareness. Like I mean, I work I work for the government, so I I I I see the efforts that are being done. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying that the efforts are not being done. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the efforts that are are happening um, mm-hmm. uh, within. Uh, within the spaces that we are in um you know and the the considerations um that are mm-hmm. being are being taken with policies and and um and initiatives you know you know people are always like i work for gender based analysis so i know that we're always asking the questions of have you considered have you mm-hmm. considered uh indigenous perspective have you talked to indigenous mm-hmm. peoples have you gotten their input on this you know so i see the efforts that are being are being done mm-hmm. um or uh, you know are, are are being pushed within that space and i appreciate that because mm-hmm. um it's about time you know yeah it's about time to get them at the table um and actually listen not just be at the table um mm-hmm. but listen because th- there's this um there's this documentary i watched one time one time with um, um the older trudeau <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't it wasn't the same um rhetoric that's happening now right um mm-hmm. and it's called dancing around the table uh, dancing around the table it's a, it's a good documentary dancing um, around the table yeah. yeah and it's 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 more it was the co- they were at the table but the, the 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 dialogue was not it wasn't reciprocated right? it was just one sided mm-hmm. dialogue but i think i the the dialogue now is is more inclusive and 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 mm-hmm. and, and the efforts are being made to to consider that mm-hmm. we have a history before before like you said the settlers came to the shores of of canada right mm-hmm. there's there's peoples before before all of that happened so mm-hmm. taking into consideration that they need to be acknowledged right and 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 taking into consideration and asked and 
given mm -hmm. the opportunity to give their opinion and to 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 do it from their perspective and 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 how they treat their lands and their waters and and I work in natural resources so I know that that's basically what it is right mm -hmm. so just taking that into perspective and, and realizing that there are efforts being done and people are really trying to learn and and we mm -hmm. have to continue to learn um yeah 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 that's it that's it really and it's this issue has been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years so there's no quick fix oh yes. you know there's no okay like just let settlers and their descendants just go back like that that's not gonna happen yeah. you know what i mean like it's, it's it will, no it's that's not what you know and i think everybody is realistic about that like that's not gonna happen so what can we do with what we have and uh, and work from there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um i think my take a week has really just been like i mentioned even last week was just showing compassion you know having more compassion and and also also even just standing up because like times not even just compassion towards indigenous people but being bold enough to stand up for for what's right when you see something wrong happening you know mm -hmm. um i remember a couple of years ago i got on the bus i think i was coming back from work or something and i was at the back of the bus and there were a whole bunch of you know, Ottawa is very multicultural, so they're white people, Indian people, all sorts of people are at the back of the bus. And these two Indigenous people got on the bus as well. And they were clearly drunk and they came and sat at the back of the bus, you know. And they were loud and rambunctious and they were just being, just being, doing the most, as as all drunk people do, really. It's not even the fact that they were Indigenous, all drunk people that. But you could see the just annoyance on people's faces, like, ugh you know and them again <laughs> them again like why can't they you know and it got away from one person like even call them out like why are you guys always drunk kind of thing mm. you know and then the, the the couple the indigenous couple got so upset and they're like what do you mean why are we always drunk as drunk as they were <laughs> and so i saying things like you guys came here and oh my gosh and the bus driver has to and then kick them off and we all just have to get off the bus I was like this is so annoying mm -hmm. you know and in my head I'm like looking back like if I had known better obviously I didn't know any better then because I just had all these preconceived ideas I didn't know anything about their history but now knowing what I know now you know I want I want to believe that I could do things differently you know like yeah it's it's a it's annoying to, to be in the bus with drunk people but whoever they are like <laughs> whoever they are you know but at the same time like if it was a white person that came on the bus and was drunk nobody would say well why do people always like that you know that's pure racism right there you know um so being bold enough to stand up and be like no that's wrong but that's not right or don't see people like that you know like nobody should be deserved no nobody deserves to be talked like that regardless of if they're drunk or high or whatever it is mm -hmm. and just doing the right thing um i think that's 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 where i'm at and it, it, it takes a lot of courage to actually stand up in the face of racism like that that i'm learning it takes a lot of courage to it do does. that so i can only yes. really just pray 
for the courage to do that because these things they just they just continue because nobody says anything and that's the other the, the one of the plagues of Canada mm-hmm. we're so quote-unquote polite that like even when you see that something is wrong it's like you don't want to say something because you don't want to stir up the waters so you just mm-hmm. let it pass mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of what perpetrates this perpetuates sorry this sort of this behavior of just constantly not per- the behavior but it 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 furthers the the, the narrative um that this is how these people and i'm doing air quotes in case nobody can see us because these people behave mm-hmm. because nobody is willing up to, willing to stand up to the racism that's that that exists towards indigenous people mm-hmm. um in the country yeah um, i think it's also yeah. it, it also takes takes us also making the effort to kind of break down our own biases like, you mm-hmm. know, a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of work has gone into to to um you know uh, socializing us to think a certain way mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. again I, I i'll put in that that's kind of the reason for our podcast to kind of challenge those those thoughts challenge mm-hmm. why do you think about the things that you think about the way you think about them right mm-hmm. so those are questions sometimes it's not always easy to pause and ask those questions but where it does really matter you really have to pause and mm-hmm. ask yourself some of these questions and, and say why am i thinking of these this 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 way the way that i'm thinking about because because of all the generations of work that has gone into socializing you to think about the way that you think about things mm-hmm. right so it's a, a lot of unlearning that needs to happen and a lot of uh, challenging the thoughts that you have uh, and relearning some of the things that you thought you knew um so it's the onus is on us right the onus is on us mm-hmm. um not the schools not the systems not not uh you know our workplaces or anything like that it's us um to, to to question some of these things and to be mindful of how we think you know structures of our our thinking and um to be aware of them and mm-hmm. when you are aware the it just doesn't stop at just being aware it's just about what you are going to do um tangibly to move the dial or to bring the dial forward and just to make make conscious um, decisions mm-hmm. in some of these circumstances. So, yeah. So, I mean, if any, read up, you know? Yeah, yeah, read, yeah. Read up, talk to people, but read up <laughs> as well. Um, there's plenty, a plethora of of resources out there for uh, about indigenous communities, indigenous people, the history of indigenous people, um, tons and tons of of uh, of of articles, you know, um, out there and um, and documentaries out there to to kind of get your own knowledge about um, about the, the the subject matter. So. Mm. I would say, yeah, do your own research. Just like we said on the Black Lives Matter movement at that, you know, the, the time that it was really um, up and up. Um, read up. 
Yeah. Right. The onus can all can't be on indigenous people to let you know. Don't educate us. No, it has to be on us. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So on that's that our note. thoughts. <laughs> that's our thoughts today. Um, I hope. I really yeah. hope. Like you know, it got your your minds turning and uh you know hopefully that it will start up conversations um you know amongst yourselves and um yeah we're we're out here to talk because we're also learning um mm-hmm. and um, yeah just shout out to us and or anybody or you know anything that you want to do <laughs> and For sure. yeah 